This is Martin Newman representing 110 Fifth Avenue in New York City, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, this is Lane Johnson representing Compass and Aspen, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Weidler Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris at the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to the Real Talk Podcast. Yo, what up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk. Today is January 17th, Friday, Friday Fire. It's been a good week, full, a full week for sure. I was, uh, we had a really awesome breakfast meeting uh, today, this morning. Every week, every Friday, I go to my buddy's restaurant down in NoHo called The Jones. You guys may have seen on my social media following my good friend, childhood friend, Chef Jack Harris. He is the executive chef there. And this morning I actually brought two recruiters from Compass, Sarah Jang and Joanne Juan. They are uh, recruiters of staff members at Compass. So they'll recruit anyone from engineering, uh, product design people, business development people, uh, graphic designers, marketing people, they're, re- they're responsible for recruiting the staff and maintaining the operation at Compass outside of the brokerage. You, you guys see the real estate side of things, but Compass obviously is, what makes our, our company special is we have several layers underneath that, the support staff that make Compass great. So, had a great breakfast meeting with them. Uh, and today, I'm really excited to uh, introduce my good friend, Martin Newman. Martin and I actually, we, we were really young buck brokers we probably met about nine, ten years ago, and him and I kind of started around the same era. We're around the same age. We're not going to disclose our age, but we're around the same age, and we have uh, continued to be friends. And you know, fast forward, we are uh, working together here at Compass. So uh, we're going to talk a little about Martin. I'm sitting here also with my co-host Danielle Stout. Say hello. What's up, everyone? Uh, Danielle is. Not a fan of the cold weather and uh, it being <laughs> negative two degrees, she's wearing her uh, usual beanie inside of her office. So uh, to get uh, a little bit more background on today's uh, guest, Martin and I met nine years ago in 2011 at Town Residential. We were in our mid-20s both hustling our exclusive rental listings, running up walk-ups, and figuring out ways on how to grow our business. Williamsburg wasn't much of a neighborhood then and the Hudson Yards was still a vacant parking lot for the MTA trains. Martin hails from Connecticut and moved to New York City after graduating from Southern Connecticut State University. His love for real estate began in his late teens after operating his own property management business. He joined Compass in 2018 and recently founded his own social media channel called Condos and Cars. He lives in the West Village with his girlfriend, but as a New Yorker, he's lived in North Williamsburg, South Williamsburg, and also in Union Square. You may follow him on Instagram at Martin Newman. That's at M-A-R-T-I-N Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. And his awesome YouTube channel, Condos and Cars with Martin Newman. So Martin, welcome. Thank you for having me, Talk. It's a pleasure. I am really excited to have you on here. You are one of the uh, most likable guys in our industry. We go back a long time, and um, you know, to to have our business change and grow and be at this level, we're not at the top, but we're definitely better than where we were when we first started. Yeah. So to have you come on the show and and 
have our social uh, media presence merge is definitely uh, something really cool. I have to say, I uh, I first listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, and I was blown away. I mean, it's it's very professionally done. I think you, uh, if real estate doesn't work out, you have a, a future in radio. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I have a face for radio, as yeah. they say. <laughs> as they say, a face for radio. Well, you know, you know, Marty, we go back a long ways, and you know, it, it, it's just it, it's hard in this business to start off without really having coming. We don't we don't come from a developer, no. mom and dad. We don't come from the Israeli army, no offense to those who come from the Israeli army and do really well. Uh, we don't have any really, you know, we didn't really start off with a lot of special connections. When I first started here, I didn't, um, I, my interview was on 23rd and Park with, yep. with uh, Tregny, M&S. With Brent, yeah. uh, Verocus. I got out of um, Grand Central, yeah. so I was on 42nd and Park, and I had to ask uh, the police officer how to get to 23rd and Park. I, I had no <laughs> clue about the east side from the west side. So yeah. there was um, definitely a huge learning curve. Just just learning the city, never mind how to transact in real estate in the city, you know, 11 years ago when I started. You've come a long way. Thankfully. You've come a long way. You know, we're going to talk about the beginning now, but just to warm up, you, know, you had a property before you even got your real estate license. You were already in real estate in Connecticut. Yes. As a teen and into your college days. Yes. What were you exactly doing? Did you have a license? And what came out of that business? So how it all started was a little landscaping business that I started when I was 17 or 18, um, just cutting people in the neighborhood's grass to make some money. Uh, and then there was a family friend who was the top broker in New Haven County, and he handled all of the bank foreclosures. So when a bank forecloses on a property, you still need to upkeep the property because right. you know the agent's going to be showing it right so he juiced me in and i got like four or five different banks i handled all of their bank work in new haven and parts of fairfield county uh-huh. so this little thing that i started turned into a real business at 18 and 19 years old um and then when school ended i was like well i don't want to be doing this so i got into the corporate world got i got it. a job with subway headquarters doing the nine to five behind the desk mm-hmm. and that was soul crushing <laughs> <laughs> well what what is it that you exactly did what, what was your position so i was um handling opening new stores for franchisees in arkansas san diego and arizona i think so um was it paperwork was it real estate related it was designing the layouts and flow of the of the stores. subway stores cool okay so not bad but i real i quickly realized like this is terrible <laughs> right right so i had always had in my mind the guy nick that was the broker i just saw the lifestyle that he was living mm-hmm. you know he was in the office but then he was out of the office all day he was on showings he had a nice yeah. car he had a great lifestyle mm. and so I approached him one day and he's like, get your license and, you know, I'll take you under my wing. So that Excellent. happened at 21 or 22. And this was in Connecticut. This was in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, what was he doing? What, what what neighborhood? Was it Fairfield County? Where it was, was a mix. Mostly? Like where I grew up is sort of right on the line of Fairfield and New Haven County. New Haven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And most of his business was in between those two counties. In and he represented a lot counties. of houses there. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then after that, I mean, what, how did you, how was it being a broker? You must have been the youngest broker in, uh, Connecticut, was, in the history of Connecticut. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could get my license now at this age in Connecticut and still be the youngest still be broker. The youngest, <laughs> youngest broker in the history of Connecticut. Do, you, is your license still active up there? No, it's not. No. Okay. It's not. What, what made you decide to come down to New York City? So it's a little serendipitous. So sure. Thing, things were going well for like three years there. And the lady that took care of like renewing everyone's license, you didn't do it yourself. No. Back, the, you know, the office took care of it for you. Right. She was getting a little up there in years and she didn't do the paperwork for a few people in the office. Uh-huh. Mine being one of them. Oh, so no. my license lapsed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So at you this point, know it, huh? yeah, I'm like 25 years old. I'm unlicensed. I'm still doing <laughs> deals. I needed to have, you know, my license again. And in Connecticut, it was going to take three months to, to get it back. Yeah. Okay. So I went online and I saw that I could come to New York, do it in six or seven days and just send it back reciprocal. Uh-huh. So that's what I did. So I'm taking the train down every morning <laughs> and I was like, you know, God, there's such an energy in this city. I'm oh yeah. Kind of into it. Mm. Um, and I was approached by a recruiter on the first day. And I was like, no, buddy, I'm good. You know, I got sure. a good gig yep. going. Second day, no. Third day, it's like, all right, well, what do you got for me? Right. So that's when he set up the meeting with um, Andrew Barocas at okay. Tregney, okay. now MS, And couldn't find, couldn't find my way to the office. Yeah. <laughs> Went, met with him. He was a young dude. Um, the office. He was probably in his early 30s. No, he was <clears throat> younger than that. He was probably... Really? Uh, yeah, because I remember celebrating his 30th birthday while I was there. Well, so was, he was probably right. 27 when I met My him. My gosh. My gosh. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's an accomplishment in itself on a so totally different topic. But to have your own brokerage at 20, in your yeah. mid-20s. I mean, he's, a, he's a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. he definitely was. Yeah. Um, when you met with him, and what, what was the interview like? You, didn't have any, you clearly didn't have any New York City experience. You didn't really know the grid of Manhattan. Yeah. You don't know landlords. You haven't done any deals as a New York City agent. How no, did that go? I think he just he, <laughs> he gave me a shot. He saw the hunger in my in my Good. eyes. Um, Good. Okay. And the first nine months, I commuted, so I was waking up at five a.m. Yep. Getting on the six o two six o three train. Mm-hmm. I was at my desk by seven forty five, and I was getting home like nine thirty ten o'clock at night, and then. Starting all over again the next morning. The young Martin Newman, I would have thought, would have been out till midnight. No, or I mean I had to. No, then <laughs> then things got a little better, and then then that happened. Sure. But yeah, sure. yeah, okay, no. okay. Uh, you know, our early years. We, we not to dwell too much on the early years, but I got to say, after you left MNS, we met at town, and those three years at town when I, I was in my mid twenties. Uh, those were very formative years for me as a professional, not because obviously the business is important, but you and I and all of our other friends who were, I would say, equal peers in terms of mm-hmm. years of experience and our, our revenue of business and uh, the clientele that we had were very formative years because we got to grow our business together. And I didn't really see eye to eye with other brokers until I met you and all of our other friends yeah. at, ta- at town. So I would, you know... Be, you, me, shout out Jordan Hummel, some of our other, other buddies, Danielle Zakara, shout out. These people are our lifelong real estate friends. And Not even real estate friends, just lifelong just friends. Life, yeah. Lifelong friends, yep, lifelong friends. And we're going to be in the business a long time, but they're lifelong friends. And uh, I'm really happy that we were able to cross our paths because what you were just explaining at MNS, MNS during those 
struggling years, I was going through the same thing. Yeah. Struggling years. Didn't have any clients, didn't have any money, yeah. didn't have any business, trying to figure out how to stay afloat. I could tell you the best dollar slice places in every single neighborhood because <laughs> I've been to them all. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. What's your favorite dollar slice place then? I haven't had dollar slices in a while. <laughs> uh, Life is good yeah. now. No, not just. <laughs> honestly, they give me heartburn so bad now that it's, it's not a financial thing. It's a health thing. <laughs> oh, getting old. Getting old. Yeah. yeah. My favorite is on 43rd and Lex. My, my, 43rd and Lex. That's a good one. Um, 151 East 43rd Street, actually. My suggestion would be spend the $3 and go to Joe's. <laughs> go to Joe's, yeah. yes. I completely You'll be able agree. to sleep at night. Completely agree. <laughs> What's your favorite Joe's? Which which neighborhood? Oh, the one on uh, the one right right off of 6th there. Okay, yep. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. that's a good one. Um, I go to the... Well, I, I guess to, well, technically I it's Carmine, right? Now. It's Carmine, yeah. yeah. It's, in, it's on Carmine and 6th... Well, it's actually technically Carmine, Carmine Street. Carmine, 6th, it's in that so, triangle. Yeah. yeah, it's in that triangle, yep. Um, that's I guess that's the original one, right? I believe so. And then it I is. I go to the one in Williamsburg naturally, just because it's yep. Joe's in Williamsburg. But yeah, you're right. Those are some formative years for us. So what we like to do here is still kind of in a warm up before we get into what you do. Let's talk a little bit about. I thought these were the hard hitting questions. No man, these are softball questions. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about we're growing our business at town. Exciting times. Town was like the new flashy kid on the block. It was so good. It was just so the good. point where we were in life and the whole culture of that company. Yeah. Those were some of like my Best. funnest memories. Oh, were hundred percent. Oh, hands down. It was so good. I mean, it's a, the offices were clean. The computers were brand new. We had cool hardware. Even the phones were awesome. Like I didn't, I didn't have like sleek phones. In real estate, everybody's got like old dying equipment. Yeah, you know. And I came from kind of an old, old, older firm. So, you know, cool kids, awesome culture, new toys, and a few years there uh, was great. But, but what made you join and switch and come to Compass? Well, unfortunately, I didn't come to Compass as early as I should have. Yes. Um, Let's talk you about were that. what, the number three broker? I was the number three number broker. Three. And I wanted you to be the number four. And <laughs> Some guy, Robert Refkin, calls me. Yes. And, hey, um, Urban Compass, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what, what, huh? Okay. Click. <laughs> and then a couple months after you went over, you finally, I come over for the interview a meeting, whatever. Yeah, interview, walk yeah. through, whatever you want to call it. I think you guys were still sitting on milk crates at the time with, yes. with your laptops in your lap, literally. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to leave my window, you know, private office at town to uh, come over here and sit yoga, you know, style with you. You had a really nice office. It actually was a did it face. Uh... So here's the here's the crazy thing. After all these years, we were on the sixth floor at 110. Yep. Town used to be in this I know. building. I know. Where I physically sit right now, the exact piece of real estate I take up was my old <laughs> office. It's crazy. <laughs> Everything oh comes God. full circle. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Yeah. Except you got a private office and now it's just all open now. Now it's all open. Yeah. Yeah. That goes with the times. It does. Yeah. It yeah. does. Your first impression when you joined, when you didn't want to join, was that it was too startup-y, it wasn't established. And I was so comfortable there. And then, you know, a f six months later after the initial meeting is when I started working on the new development. Mm -hmm. That's uh, right. In the East Village, right. which I worked the on. Toy for, Factory. Uh, Liberty Toy. Liberty Toy, yes. Which I worked on for two and a half years mm -hmm. to get launched. And we launched sales in October of, I don't know, October of 17. 17, yeah. I, yeah, it was okay. October 17. Okay. Um, and town imploded in March of 18. Mm. So I had 
sold there for five months or so. Yeah. Things were great. Yeah. And luckily, my sales manager who liked me was like, you know, I know you've stuck around and you probably have other offers on the table and Shout you've out stuck Dan. around. No, it wasn't Dan. It was oh, Brett. Oh, got it. But he's like, if you have other offers, I highly suggest you take them. Wow. Because um, he knew the writing was really on the wall. I mean, we all knew the writing was on the wall, but I was holding on. Did you, on. though? Really? When you're not getting paychecks and people are getting fired and mm. you just keep seeing, you know, all the things that you enjoyed about being there, all the little luxuries starting to peel back. Sure. It was pretty obvious. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I got out of there three weeks before it officially closed. It actually closed. happened. Yeah. It actually happened. Yep. That's right. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but it all ends up being well, especially for you. The road led to the right path, yeah. right? Timing is everything. Uh, yeah, timing is everything. What, whatever happened to that uh, new development, by the so way? So the crazy thing, good thing I got out, is um, the sponsor ended up having to refund everyone's deposits because oh. he had a 1031 exchange buyer yeah. out of the Bronx right. come and just buy the building whole. Because uh, right. it, it was a conversion. Yeah. So... Um, someone just bought it as a rental building and kept it as a rental building. So to yeah. date, to date, it's still a rental building. It is still a rental building. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. After all that. After all that. So, I got great experience. I, you know, no, I the, learned the new development side of things. That's right. So. That's right. And, you know, the experience asset is also a part of your life. It's an asset. It's not, it's not monetary, but the moral of the story is you did take a lot from it. You know, the who knows? In, in a year, two years, five years, I'll end up pitching a new development and I can... Win it because I have that experience exactly. under my belt. Exactly, um, that, that's that's important. So when after you joined Compass, business as usual for us. Mm -hmm. But you started a new endeavor recently called Condos and Cars. Yes. So tell the audience a little bit about that. What? Why did you start to do it, and what's the objective? Sure. So when I came here, I had a marketing budget, mm -hmm. and <laughs> no, I brand was, new, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? Send out a hundred thousand postcards? That just, you know. Sure. So one night I'm sitting there. First of all, I'm a huge car fanatic. So of course I'm sitting there watching Jerry Seinfeld, comedians in cars getting coffee. Love, Love the show. And he picks someone up in his car, mm -hmm. and then they drive around. They have a conversation, and they go for coffee. Yep. So I thought, hmm, I'm a member of the Classic Car Club of Manhattan. Yep. Why don't I utilize these cars? Go pick up people, either fellow colleagues, influencers, developers, whoever it is. Pick them up, go for a drive, and then see a really high-end property. Right. So that was the genesis of that. Um, in terms of what my goal is, you know, I think you and I have the same business where we represent a lot of landlords. We have a huge rental business, both of Most us. Most definitely. Um, and a healthy sales business, but, you know, I'm getting to the point in life where I want my sales business to exponentially grow. Yes. So... Originally, I was just like, let's do this, associate my name with some higher-end listings that I'm typically working in right yep. now, yep. and hopefully it sticks. Yep. So, it's, it's great branding, in my, in my opinion. Uh, one you. of my favorite episodes you did was the uh, One John Penthouse. Yes. One, was it One John? Yeah. Yes. It, is that uh, Eric's listing? Eric Simmons, yeah. yep. Eric Simmons, shout out Eric Simmons, our, our buddy, our friend. Uh, good, it's his 40th guy. birthday today. He's in Jamaica with yeah. his wife. Yeah, so. 40th birthday, nice. Lord of mercy. Shout out Eric, good dude. So one John's penthouse was a 6.5. 6.5, yeah. 6.5 million. Uh, it's a duplex with a crazy deeded outdoor space that overlooks uh, the Manhattan Bridge. Beautiful building. Um, one of my favorite episodes. So your the goal is basically you, you're branding these nice 
luxurious cars, and hopefully the audience can obviously adapt to that because mm-hmm. I hope they love cars just as much as you do, and they're able to also adapt to the fact that, oh, this penthouse perfectly fits my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. In my liking. Yeah. What's been the feedback so far? What's you, you threw it out in the universe. How are they responding? I threw it out in the universe. Every single one of my friends or everyone I come across says, oh my God, I love it. Condos and cars. I yeah. feel like the viewership overall though, yeah. um, and I don't know if you're seeing this with your podcast, it's mm-hmm. hard to gain steam with in terms of attracting viewers, subscribers, followers. For me, it's the and more I, I do... The better, yep. more people come up, start to come on board. I, I kind of feel like I should either start doing makeup tutorials. Hi guys, here's the blush <laughs> I'm wearing today. Or I'm seriously thinking about butt implants because I think my viewership could grow if I go that route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you how do you make a video go viral? Yeah, right. You got you got to do something stupid. Picture or you... butt implants on me in a Lamborghini. I think I we're think off it to the race. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you do a TikTok dance. That's it. You know, you have to do a little dance and a little song, you know, tunes. Yep. What's coming up next for condos and cars? Um, the very next step is that uh, it's January here now. It's 20 degrees outside. It so is. you really can't be driving exotic cars around. So in a week oh, and a really? half, I am going to L.A. Mm. And we're going to film three or four episodes wow. there. We have some really big guests coming up with like a million plus followers, 250 million views on YouTube. So wow. we have some big guests coming up. Wow, okay. Exciting. You don't want to give us anything here? You want to uh, Come to uh, Condos and Cars on YouTube and check it out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, one, of the, one of the other cool episodes or guests you had, speaking of guests, is you had the uh, Noah guy, the founder of the boxing. Yes, Rumble. Uh, Noah Neiman. Rumble. Mm-hmm. Noah Neiman really jacked he's like he looks like you but also a bodybuilder yeah i felt like a little boy standing next to him (laughs) an out of shape little boy (laughs) Uh, what's the deal with that how did you get him on the show Uh, so the did you um, know him personally before no so all most of the guests um compass marketing put this vendor vendors on their list knox media Mm -hmm. um so they handle all of the outreach gotcha so they're the ones that are um helping find guests Cool. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to do much. I have to secure cars to? and condos. Condos. So you got to secure the Doable. cars. You got to secure the location. Yeah. yeah. That's um, awesome. What was Noah like? I actually, you know, I heard he was on another different business podcast that I really like. I enjoyed listening to. Um, he has a really successful business mm-hmm. in his own right. I think one of the beauties of doing, for me, talk TV and the podcast, and for you, condos and cars is you get to sit in front of people and actually have a deeper conversation than you would maybe at a bar, maybe at a club or a party, or maybe at a sales meeting. It's really down to earth. Uh, You got to meet Noah. You have other guests coming up in your lineup. What are some of your takeaways from meeting these people? Noah's very intense. Very. Very intense. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to be around someone that just hyper-focused. Sure, sure. no, I think one of the, the great ancillary benefits that I didn't even think about when starting this, because I, you know, my first few episodes were just with other brokers here sure. in the Compass office. Yep. And then, you know, we, we kept inching up a little bit. Yep. And one guest had 30,000 followers, 40,000, and now we're, you know, hitting the million mark. Yep. So um, it's like to now be able to loop these people into your network, which is great. You great. know, it's like, I went from not knowing anybody to have a bunch of the blue checkmark people like, sure. that I'm talking back and forth with on a daily basis and on DMs and whatnot. Sure, so sure. Um, that's been a, a great way to help 
grow my good network. Grow the grow the yeah. social network for mm-hmm. sure. Um, right now, what do you think brokers are doing wrong with social media, or are, do you think there are ways that even even including yourself yeah. and myself, we could do better with social media? We're not doing right right now, but we need to work on when it comes to social media marketing. I think the first thing is just do something. Right. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Do something. Perfect. Um, what if you're camera shy? I'm so. <laughs> I didn't realize I was camera shy till this whole thing started. No way. So on paper, on paper, I'm like, oh yeah, condos and cars, this is great. The very first day we go to film and there's like two cameras there. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I I, I didn't even speak. They're like, yo, you got to say something. And I'm like, "Uh, uh, here's the kitchen. Uh, Bedroom's over here. So it's been a huge, like I've, I've been out of my comfort zone and it's been a huge learning curve. So you you, you went to the, the day you woke up production you go to the Put production my suit site on. yeah let's go go to the production <laughs> yeah. site you're not nervous at all you're like yeah let's do it yeah and then, and then the camera shows up lights camera action <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious I mean it got better it gets better it, it, it gets it's still it's still getting better yeah. every, every time yeah um, it, let's just say you're even a, you're just a small not even a real estate broker you're a small business and yeah. you don't have any social media presence I mean what's one thing that they should be doing. If you don't have any social media presence, yep, what's you're a small business. Any, it, it can be real estate. It can be anything. You, you could own, own. Well, I guess step one yeah. would create an account. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Username and password. Yep. We'll start there. Um, just start posting things that you see as you go through your daily life. Yeah. And you'll resonate with some people. Some people you won't, but the yep. ones that like you will follow you and and keep on. Good. Good. Yeah. It's definitely somebody Naomi Klein. Shout out. There's a lot of shout outs today. Naomi Klein from uh, Orange County. Which I'm going to do Beverly a Hills. Condos and Cars episode with her when I'm in LA. Oh, you really? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yep. Good. She didn't tell me that I was on the phone. Uh, we just worked it out like uh, two nights ago. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah, Naomi's great. Yeah. Um, founder of, one of the founders of the Beverly Hills office. But she said it, she said it great. That the social media is your website 2.0. Yes. It's not, it's real. It's not highlight. It, well, it is a highlight reel, but it's not just the website where it just talks great about yourself. It actually gets down to the real personal raw day-to-day of yep. your life, which I think is a, is a great explanation of, you know, it's an extension of having your website, to, thus it's a website 2.0. Switching topics uh, real quickly. Which, by the way, though, yeah. just things that can never happen at any other firm, the fact that we're collaborating on this podcast right now, yeah. the fact that I'm going out to LA collaborating with Naomi, like, yeah. this is what's so great about Compass. Yeah. Great. This doesn't happen anywhere. Yeah, I, I guess not. I actually, well, outside of town, I really don't know. No, uh, and you, I, you know, but, I think you you could make a case that would Compass be Compass if town didn't come first? Because I do think that a lot of the great things that town, town started initially had Compass adapted. Oh, one hundred percent in, in, a, in a different form, but, but they just perfected it. Compass yeah. did it, better. and they made it more professional. Yeah, I mean, it was the Wild West over there. <laughs> I don't know what happened near the end, but yes, you're you're right. The compass did perfect it. Um, what's going on right now? You know what 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 are uh, what are some things that you're excited about in life, personal? What are you excited about in business? So I just I just moved in the fall, Perfect. so I'm still getting settled into my new place Good. in the West Village. Good. What are you in a townhouse? A townhouse, garden yeah. level of the townhouse. Good. So I'm excited for the weather to change. Yeah, a little and, backyard uh, there. Utilize yeah. that outdoor yeah. space. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Excited about that. I um, hope my invitation to the house warmer doesn't get lost. You will in the be mail. there. You'll be at the first one. <laughs> Good. Uh, and then what about in, in business? What's going on? You know, in business, um, I think 2019 was a great year. Yeah. Um, 
my funnel seems a little empty right now. Sure. But I'm excited to build it back up. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, it's all about pipeline, right? Yeah. What can what can you build? What, how much pipeline can you build going into next quarter, two quarters, even in the following year? Yeah. I mean, what we're doing today is ultimately to build what we could have five years from today yeah. or six years from today. Um, and I wish I knew that when we started out in, in town, when we were in our when we were running around, monkeying around in our twenties. You know, I wish we. I wish I had a more solid understanding of that. Um, just another personal question, but uh, what? really motivates you right now is it is it money is it power is it influence what what is your main motivation i could care less about power or influence mm-hmm. if i flew under the radar and never had my name in the newspaper for a deal or whatever it, it would not phase me in the least okay um i guess the answer would be money but money is just the means to um live to live like to have these awesome there's so many awesome things out there that i want to do and money is just what powers that so right, right. um yeah. Okay. And then personally, you know, for cars, you had an opportunity to, to drive the Lamborghini, was it Lamborghini Aventador? Aventador SV. SV. Yep. You had a chance Her, to drive two the... Two different Huracan, Huracan, Huracan Spider, Huracan Coupe. You had a Porsche. Yep. Uh, you had a BMW i8. Mm-hmm. And you also got a chance to look at that New Jersey garage yep. that was actually a racquetball court that turned it, into a yep, basketball yeah, court yeah, that insane. nobody it's would want it to buy so it turned into a garage. Wow, you have actually watched the episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. you and my mom. Those are the two viewers. <laughs> Dude, that episode was awesome. Yeah. That actually could be on a car TV channel, by the way. It, it could be an episode of a car TV. Hopefully one day. Yeah, uh, like some kind of motor, motor sports channel. Yeah. But... Uh, what, what's been your favorite car so far to drive and, and why? Growing up in the 80s, like most people that had car posters on their walls, I'm oh, yeah. sure you had the Ferrari Testarossa and the sure. Lamborghini Countach. Sure. And yep. um, I was always a Ferrari guy. Got it. Um, so out of all these quote-unquote, I guess we'll call them exotic cars, mm-hmm. um, the Ferrari 458 was the first one that I took out when I joined the car club. Yeah. And it blew my mind. I mean, it was one of the most incredible drives I've ever had. Then I drove the Lamborghini, and that is just a whole nother level. I think that it's a different type of person that buys a Lamborghini versus a Ferrari, but the drive is everyone should experience it once in their life. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the, was it the Lamborghini that you took out in, on the Jersey Road? I didn't really get to open that one up oh, too much. I'm okay. talking about the Green Huracan. Okay, the, the one Green I took Huracan. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah that, one, that one was insane. No. I was heading to dinner up in Westchester on the Sunday night that I took it out, and we were on 684, nice open road. My girlfriend was sitting in the passenger seat uh-huh. texting, uh-huh. so I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so I'm like, babe, how fast do you think we're going? She looks out the window, uh, 110? We were doing 147. We're on, on what highway? 684. Oh, okay, that's on, on the way up. Yeah, so it was like pretty open. It was safe, <laughs> but... Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. You don't even know you're going that. You don't even feel safe off that. You could have jumped to 170 with just like a little, a little bit more power, foot power on the gas. Yep. That's awesome. That's That's amazing. How did you like the Porsche? Porsches are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just so well rounded. Yeah. You can you can daily drive it. You could drive it to the grocery store. You could. If you could daily drive any Porsche, what type of Porsche would it be and why? I um, am a huge fan of the 993, which is the, sure. yeah, which is the middle 90s yep. years. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Great. Mine would be the uh, I would I would get the twin turbo, obviously 911. Yeah. yeah. I'd be the most classic. But well, the 993 the, is a 911. 911. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an older. Yeah. It's the older version. 
Um, or I would get, if it's a New York City daily driver, I would probably want a uh, Carrera 4S all-wheel drive. Beautiful. One of those would be, yeah, one of those would be. Keep chopping wood. (laughs) Gotta chop that wood. (laughs) Gotta chop that wood. Um, You also got to see a Ford F550. That's pretty cool. A what? Oh, the F550. That that is um, something. I didn't even know Ford made uh, tanks. Well, it's not. Someone, um, there's a company that takes the Fords. Oh, they and then they they, they they kit them out with with all of those features. Got it. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah the guy said it goes about a dollar a uh, mile. Yeah, it's called a Rhino. It's a Rhino. Yeah. It's really a it looks fuel like efficient. One. It looks. It looks like it's yeah. ten cylinders. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy. What What did that guy do, professionally? He was. <laughs> and for those listeners, it's a huge old racquetball basketball court facility. Indoors that was converted to a uh, basically how many garages? Was I don't know. There's like eight bays there, like eight <laughs> racquetball bays, and he has like fifteen million dollars worth of cars in there. Yeah. Just like absolute insane stuff that you don't. What's see the anywhere. background on that guy? He was a police officer, a state oh, trooper. What? Which I mean, I, we all know hey, what well. state troopers make, <laughs> and I don't understand what he did. Uh, I don't know if it was all on the up and up. Let's just say that. Yeah, they they they, they pay yeah. well. Yeah. Let's, let's switching gears. We're going to go into a little bit of real estate talk. Uh, right now in New York City, there are, I'm not going to say a lot, but there is a influx of other real estate firms competing mm-hmm. for business. So talk to me about how do you differentiate yourself amongst the other quote-unquote high-end mm-hmm. agencies and also a, let's just say, quote-unquote discount mm-hmm. agency. I think track record helps if, you know, if you're pitching in a segment of the market that you have a great track record, which, you know, you and I started with representing landlords. Oh yeah. Um, exclusively. Mm-hmm. And we started with a single unit and then we worked up to an eight unit Four townhouse buildings. to yeah. 150 unit buildings to now I think there's probably somewhere around 500 units that I represent mm-hmm. in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just being able to go in and speak about your track record, yeah. what you've done. Um, yeah. You know, I think when are you still actively pitching landlord accounts? Yeah, like I mean, that? when they come, when they come to yeah. us, yes. But yeah. do, am I going to go after a big landlord account? And, uh, you know, fifteen floors, two hundred twenty units. No, I'm I'm not going to go yeah. after those big buildings. It doesn't really make any business sense for me at this stage. But if it's one or two unit owner condos, co op owners, yeah. Wow, you're definitely. making so much money that a couple hundred extra grand a year doesn't <laughs> doesn't move the needle for well, you. Well, you know, at, at the end of the day, time is our last. Yeah. Letter, let, what does Leonard always say, Danielle? Time is our last luxury. That's it. This is true. I would say health is our last luxury, but time is definitely yeah. in terms of business. Time is our last luxury. So, you know, would I, do I want to spend a hundred hours a week trying to launch a building and then manage your expectations while I have to grow the sales part of the business, or while I have to represent and worry about my buyers? I think at this stage, again, it's what can you do today to help your business five years from today? What can you do today so you're not broke 10 years from today? And I think handling one, between my team, handling one 220-unit building and then have it sold to a REIT in four years, I I just don't, it's too short-sighted for me. He's with Dormage. (laughs) (laughs) If the crown jewel can happen again, that's that's a different situation. But like I said, even you have firsthand experience on handling a big building, and the next thing you know, it's sold to a different owner. It happens. And that's the volatility of the big multifamily business. It's the volatility, but it's also stable. It is stable. stable. As long as they have it, yes, it's stable. As long um, as they're legacy owners, it's stable. Pretend I'm a seller, Mm -hmm. and I go to you, you know, hey, Martin, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to 
Pineapple Real Estate, they'll sell this home for 2%. And I'm talking to Compass, I'm talking to you, and you're charging me 6%. What can you do? Why should I choose you? I mean, I think the, the quick answer is if they can't even negotiate on behalf of their own wallet, how are they going to you know, get you top dollar? Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. If I'm the seller, I'm going to be, I'm, my response to that would be, well, you know, I'm just looking after my bottom line. I, I don't really care who sells it, but I don't want to pay X amount of dollars more if I don't have to. Yep. How would you respond that's to that? When you yeah. hit them, that's when you hit them with the data. There you well, go. here's the track record of, of what I've done, and, mm-hmm. you know, let's put his track record out on the table. Right. And they have a bunch of deals, maybe in New Jersey. Maybe. If they're lucky. <laughs> Uh, do you have any, uh, speaking of past, you know, with, with regards to past clients that you've successfully closed on, do you have any good stories, funny stories uh, that you want to share, you, you're able to share? You don't have to drop names if you don't want to. So a year and a half ago, I had a, uh, a small uh, studio listing in the financial district. Okay. And the owner lived in Italy. He wanted to rent it out furnished. Yep. Okay. So I go, I take a look at it. It's a bed, it's a, it's a mattress on a frame and a couch under like like a, a cloth. And okay. that's, that's what he was calling furnished. Okay. okay. So I'm like, listen, buddy, this isn't furnished. We're going to have to get this out of there. And we, we fight back and forth. Yeah. So like the first two weeks it was on the market, it, that's how it looked. Yeah. I get this nice girl. She wants to take it, but she wants it, of course, unfurnished. unfurnished like everybody else. So um, I work it out where we're going to do the deal. We're going to move the furniture out. Okay. Previous to that, I, I peeled the tarp off one day off the couch, and this thing is so stained. <laughs> you wouldn't sit on it. Who was like, the same with? I don't know. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so I call the super one night. We move the bed out, no problem, bring it down to the uh, refuse room. And now it's time to bring the couch out. We get it to the door, yep. and I hear this... Okay. So I peek my head around the corner, and this huge butt plug fell out of the couch. <laughs> well, it was huge to me. Someone else might think it wasn't huge, but but to me it was... It was you and it, I looked at it, that I, thing goes in your butt? Yeah. So I go to pick up a paper towel to, to, to pick it up. <laughs> You're so good. And I come back, and the super's like, oh, no, man, I got it. And he put it in his pocket. So what? I don't know whether I've ever made it to the garbage or it went home with them. But... <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. You know, that's why you're a full service broker. Yep. Not only are you picking up couches, but you're going to go find a paper towel to pick up that thing. Well, luckily this is super dude. Yeah, time, he took care of it Great for story. Me. Great yeah. story. Oh my God. You want a sad yeah. story? Yeah, go ahead. It's sad with a happy ending. Okay. Um, so I had a, a really high profile client, billionaire. Mm. I put him into uh, a five bedroom. It was like 30 something thousand a month. And he calls me a year and a half later, and he's like, I need another apartment. I was like, why? You're, you're moving out? He's yeah. like, no, no, I just need another apartment. Get Just let's meet today, and, and I need a new apartment quick. So come to find out, baby mama kicked him out of the his apartment. So we go and do another deal. Two-bedroom for thirty or $32,000 a month. Okay. It was listed at thirty-two. He wanted to do it at thirty. Fine. So... Not bad. Yeah, that $2,000 was going to move the needle for him yep, per fine. month. Yeah, not bad. So the listing broker and I, he did it for six months to start. Okay, fine. So we wrote in the contract that we would split a month. And if he renews at the end of six months, he owes us another, another month. month. Right. So he kind of trashed the apartment. It was a beautiful apartment. Oh, no. Not supposed to have dogs. He had his dogs there. Oh, boy. 
And then he's complaining that the heat doesn't work. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, he ends up renewing, writes out the two commission checks. Okay. We took personal checks, which we usually wouldn't do, nope. but the guy's a billionaire. He's been a... He, at this point, he was a friend of mine for three years. Sure. It was like a relationship that Fine. I cherished because he Fine. was very powerful. He's and a friend first. Yeah. Sure. They end up stop payment on the checks. Oh, wow. So Weird. He, he screwed the other broker and I out of 15000 Yep. yep. Our relationship goes sour. Okay. Fast forward a year and a half. It's my birthday. I'm driving home from Nantucket. Mm-hmm. And the listing broker for the first apartment I ever mm-hmm. put him in calls me two or three times, sends me a text. You need to call me ASAP. Uh-oh. So I'm like, oh, great. He trashed the first apartment, too. He ended up buying the first apartment. Oh. Thank God for fee agreements. Okay. Good. Good. You were The money he screwed me out of came back 10x. Good. Good. So... So he so he ended awesome. up closing. He ended up closing, but you didn't know that he was going to close on it until it closed. No, I knew a few months ahead of time because I had to send the commission agreement and Got everything. It. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But that was a good birthday present. No, that's, not, that's, that's yeah. not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. Whatever ended up happening to him, we still haven't spoke. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think he knew that you were going to? So be one thing I noticed is like in that three year run that I had with him, you know, when you have like that level of wealth, you have such a team around you, right? Yeah. Like. Yes, yes, man. You too. move, you move like like with military precision through the city. Right. You know, you have the, this car's here. The other car, it's just all lined up. You're you're in the text chain with the assistant, and and be mm-hmm. waiting on this corner. We're picking you up. Yeah. And I noticed that he had really good people working for him, but after a year or so, they would disappear with no explanation. Like he wouldn't let anyone get too close to him. Right. So he would put the hit the reset button. Almost Hits the reset button. Yeah, so I made my run. We did three deals together, and then I got reset. Huh. Exactly. Interesting. Would you ever reach out to him? I mean, he takes down some big properties, so I would definitely work with him. Again, <laughs> I'm too proud to reach out to him. So. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, the more of the story is in our business, there's always a fine line between friends and clients. And yeah. the toughest part of our business is we have to really work on preserving the relationship first because the deals are always going to be there. But what can you do to make sure that your business is not going to be affected while still navigating these personal relationships? Because that's all we have at the end of the day. So while it ended up working out for you, who knows what would have been like in the long run had you not had that relationship not have gotten south. And who knows, you might still be transacting with this person too. All while also having a relationship with this person. That's first and foremost. So... You know, that, that, that's the kind of the twists and turns that we have in our business, right? Um, we're going to wrap up soon. We're at the 44-minute mark. Uh, Danielle, do you have a, a few questions that you want to ask Martin before we close out? I have one question oh, about sure. the cars. Okay. So a lot of people don't like driving in Manhattan. <laughs> so do you ever get nervous when you're driving these expensive cars around yeah, the city? Or has it gotten better? Half a million dollar car yeah, on Yeah, it's a lot of liability. Actually, one of the episodes, we had a... Um, we had a boo boo. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, it was an eighteen thousand dollar boo boo, but thank God for insurance. Oh, what happened? Um, it was the uh, Mercedes uh, AMG okay. GT. Okay. And the front end of that thing is like twice as long as any other car. <laughs> so I was pulling out of a garage, and a client texted me. So I'm texting him back and driving oh. as I'm pulling out of the garage, and. Any other car, it would have been fine, but the nose of it is so long, yep. I caught part of the garage. Scra- Scratch. Uh, ask Naomi Kim, uh, Naomi Klein about 
that she knows. Oh, that's Naomi Campbell, too. That's her, too. But Naomi knows a few things about driveway grades and yes. uh, having nice cars. So it's an important learning lesson. Uh, I rapid heard that fire. on the podcast. That's it. There you yep. go. <laughs> rapid fire questions to end our day. Uh, favorite supercar and why? Uh, we already said Lamborghini. Oh, Lamborghini yeah, right. just the drive of it. <laughs> favorite classic car and why? Um, several from the 60s. The 60s, in my opinion, were the golden era of, of a lot of things. Cars, music. Yep, sure. Um, Partying. I think uh, the early 2010s were was another era of that for us. But okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> town. Town, um, for sure. Ferraris, Aston Martins of that era. Corvettes, like 1963 Split Window Coupe is one of the most beautiful cars ever made. Hmm, was that the movie Gone in 60 Seconds? The Shelby GT? It's a yep. 60s, 60s yep. car too. Yep. Shelby GT Cobra? Yep. Okay, with Nicolas Cage. Uh, favorite motorcycle and why? I like Cafe Racers from the early 70s, mm-hmm. which I have one. Okay. Um, and... I also have the new Honda uh, Roadster, or Honda, Roadster? Harley Roadster. Harley Roadster? Yeah. Oh, you're a Harley guy. Which Good I job. Like, which I like the looks of that and the drive. Good. Good. Okay. These are rapid fire questions. Two to three best places to eat in New York City. Mineta Tavern. That's Boom. my. That's my top. Classic. Just so good. That's the best steak Classic. in New York City. Forget. Classic. If you're traveling from outside of New York City and you want steak, forget Peter Luger's. Go right to Mineta oh, yeah, Tavern. Yeah, definitely. Or if you want to stay in Williamsburg or Brooklyn for steak, St. Anselm. St. Anselm. Okay. Um, you need one more? One more. Lilia. Lilia, okay. Lilia is great. That's a great one. Yeah. Lilia Williamsburg. Um, Speaking of Williamsburg, after you go to Lilia, go check out Bathhouse on uh, North 10th and Barry. Tell us a little bit about that. Again, you're a part owner. Yes. An investor of this bathhouse. Yes. What is it about? Um, it is a, a couple really good buddies of mine had this idea, so a bunch of our friends got involved with the project. Travis? Travis yep. and uh, Jason. Yep. So it is. it takes all of the ancient technology that's been around in bathhouses through Turkey, Russia, Europe um, for hundreds of years yep. and wraps it in a beautiful skin. Uh, a lot of the bathhouses here in the city are filthy, disgusting. I have never been East, to any. East 10th Street, full yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah. Yeah, so really. this has the looks of air, mm-hmm. but air all the tra- functionality yep. of, of a proper bathhouse mixed in with modern technology um, we have flotation tanks, uh, cryo, okay, all of that. So, is it hard to get in? Is it? I'm, I'm sure it's always packed. Just reach out to me. I'll get you in. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do indeed. Uh, one of your favorite spots to host a party in New York City? Uh, my apartment. There you go. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm very, very big on just having people. People. Over. Come to your home and cooking. Like, what's better than cooking for someone that you care about? You used to be such a party animal. We going out all the time. What happened? Well, then I settled down. So. <laughs> um, best rooftop in the city? Hmm. For views, I think Video. the William Vale. Is, there you go. Is Boom. Very good. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, you know, just to wrap up, guys, and thank you for listening. This has been a long episode, and I'm sorry, my voice is a little. Horse from uh, from uh, talking and if I don't get water time, soon, I'm going to choke. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in, in our business, you know, we it's it's with, especially it's talking to Martin. We we learned that if you don't ask, <clears throat> you'll really never know. It's not to sound cliche, but nothing is ever handed out. So in most of any business, and you're listening to this, whether in your real estate or you own your own operation, all we all understand this. A lot of things aren't even in the open for us to grab in the first place. We have to seek it out. You have to seek it out and you have to put yourself out there. In an industry where every listing, every buyer, every client, and every business opportunity is so coveted, 
you have to have a high level of hustle in at any stage of our career, whether it's back in the town days in our youthful mid-20s to our 30s where we're about to transition more into a different type of clientele or in our mid-30s where we are right now at Compass. If Marty did not have the effort or the initiative to get in front of the camera or randomly start his new initiative, Condos and Cars, whatever you don't do, it's not gonna come to life. And it's cliche to say again, but it, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You don't really need any other metaphors, right? Uh, and what he's doing is so right and it's so universal that if you are a business owner and you feel like you're plateaued or you're flattening out, you know, look at somebody like Martin as an example on what you can do, again, to change your business, better your business, but also to make sure that you are always becoming a better version of yourself from yesterday. So on that note, thank you so much for having thank us. You for thank having you, Marty. Me. This was great. Um, I hope, uh, I'm, I'm, again, please follow Martin Newman at Martin Newman on Instagram, uh, Condos and Cars with Martin Newman on YouTube, and I can't wait to show you uh, some of the clips uh, in my uh, in the podcast uh, preview uh, post on Instagram. Uh, with this episode, good fun. Thank you guys. Thank you. All right.